Well, at the very least, uh, this conversation has definitely produced uh, some before credits audio. It'll do something. Yeah. Um, okay. Do I, I kind of, to be honest with you, I kind of forgot we hadn't done an intro yet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that. All right. See, we're so rusty. one of your favorite classes now i i have a love-hate relationship um with the druid as a class um i think the things they're doing here again it, it really felt like they were definitely taking some swings to, at the fences with the last druid um, and not all of it worked but i thought it was kind of a neat idea um and then they were like well what if we just made it the player's handbook druid but a little bit different um yeah, and you know what? A lot of it does work, um, but some of it is. Uh, we'll talk about it. Yeah, I um, yeah, I I did not have uh, many big thoughts on this. Um, part of the reason why no. I went back to listen to the last episode, um, was because uh, I just wanted to like refamiliarize myself with like what yeah was the differences between the last one, um, yeah, as you know, like. The druid is not necessarily like it's 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 just never been super appealing to me. Maybe that's just because like I don't want to be an animal. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I've I have gone when I first started playing D anD D. Druid had no appeal to me. I've gone back and forth between druid is like the most interesting class in the game, and druid is the class that I have the least interest in playing. And it just depends on the day. Um, I'll tell you what, let's, let's go through some of the changes here. Um, first of all, Druidic's no longer literally a useless ability. Yeah. Um, because alongside learning Druidic, uh, you actually get uh, access to speak with animals and you always have it prepared, which is a genuinely useful feature. Yes, um, you can do the thing that gnomes can do. Right, yeah, which just, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so in the same way that clerics can pick um, the, whatever it was called, the heavy armor or the thaumaturge one, um, Druids also get an option. Um, <laughs> you can be a warden, which gives you uh, martial weapons and medium armor. Very cool. And a very or fitting name. Or you can be name. a magician. Um, that yeah, one's not, that a one's not a fitting name. Uh, magician? What, what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, why is it called magician? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, because when, when, when I think of druids, I magicians? think of a guy like, in a suit and a top hat. This um, is... This is bunny. Um, yeah. Well, actually, it's, it's Chris true. Angel is a druid, <laughs> yeah. and I don't think that's necessarily... Uh, but it does the same thing in that um, it gives you uh, your nature checks, uh, get a w- uh, wisdom bonus, uh, and you learn an extra cantrip. Um, so it's it's a copy paste from um, the cleric ability, just changed to uh, make sense to druids. Um, change this name. Change the name magician. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's something you can come up with. Um, give me a break. Yeah, it, it makes it makes no <laughs> sense. Um, like it can literally be like keeper or something. You know, something more yeah. in lines of like. Yeah, your connection to nature or as like, opposed yeah, to protector. Like grove tender, like I don't know. Something mm-hmm. along those lines. Yeah, firekeeper. Um, oh, that's not. Um, oh, yeah, I think that's something else. Uh, yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, uh, wild shape is wild shape. Um, the biggest thing you have to know about wild shape is uh, there's actually two things here. Um, one is that you're limited to how many forms you can know. 
Um, so at second level, you have three, and then you go up to four at fourth level, and then fifth at eighth level. Uh, I have a huge... I am of two minds about this decision. Um, on the one hand, as a druid player, why are you limiting me to three known forms? Uh, as a human being, I could not tell you how many animals I could name off the top of my head, so why... Am I limited to three forms? Um, as a DM, thank you for limiting it to three forms because <laughs> I don't want to have a player flipping through the entire uh, monster manual trying to find out what beast they want to transform into. Um, this is their answer to um, in the last UA where you were picking um, predetermined stat blocks. Um, now you're not doing that, but you're limited to the forms that you know. Um, I think this also is a bad way to go about it. Um, I mean, I, I don't think I would have an issue with, like, the, the, the limit on, like, how many forms you know, um, because it's kind of like that idea of maybe, like, you have to be familiar with the animal. Um, yeah. But why did we have to do known forms and then also have a max critic, like... Max CR. Yeah. Um, why? Why, why, why would you not just restrict so it, but double the, restrict it? Yeah, I don't, like... I just feel like the way I really wanted them to go about this was uh, predetermined stat blocks, but make them much more interesting and have like interesting choices to make within those stat blocks instead of limiting it to three known forms. And you only go up to five, which is like not a lot. I don't think. No. And it's, it's um, a max CR of one too. Like it's, it, I don't think it. Yeah. Um, which changes for circle of the moon. Um, yes. But yeah, for all other cir druid circles. Um, the other thing that you need to know is that, um, when you are wild shape transformed um unlike fifth edition um you are using your own hit points you do not use the hit points of the creature that you transform into um thank goodness um this was a completely necessary change um it sucks for any druid subclass not named moon um mm -hmm. but because moon druids broke complete i don't know if you've ever dm'd for a moon druid at second level nope. um completely game-breaking um like you have a character that has a maximum effective health of like 80 to 100 um at second level which just doesn't translate well to balance um yeah so that was insane very necessary change it just sucks that um it also kind of neuters other druid subclasses yeah no 100 percent. i think that's always been like a, a big issue um like mm -hmm. the everything is so tied to wild shape with the druid um, and this yeah. is the reason why I've never really particularly loved Druid, because, like, not only do I not really care about, like, being an animal, um, I'd rather be, like, a character that I made. Um, yep. But the animals that you can become are pretty shitty, to be honest. Like, I mean, yeah, like, a max CR of yeah, one it's all, at it's all going to be, unless you go to um, Moon Druid, it's all going to be utility and not, um, like, for damage. Which, like, there's a certain... There's a certain fantasy there, right? Yeah, but then like when so many of your cool abilities are tied to that, it's like, wow, okay, cool. I can't do as many cool things as everyone else. Um, and yeah. that that's to me is what feels shitty. Um, like, yeah, sure, you have the most access to spells out of any um any any subclass, or sorry, any any class, um, you know, as as written, but you don't have the most spell slots um yeah it's it just it's it yeah it's always been like lackluster in these ways um which is why like you know the one time i played a druid because it was interesting to me was because uh was the uh ua for um the the wildfire druid uh um, yeah 
And I remember that. Yeah, that was the one shot that you did. And that was, that was a lot of fun uh, because I'd never had to think about wild shaping because uh, it had so many cool things to substitute. But yeah, I mean, I do want to say that like uh, you can have a wild companion um, in this. It, yep. is, it is, you get that along with your wild shape. Um, Which is and super it nice. uses your wild shape um, like it is the same resource that you are using. Yep. Uh, so it is exactly uh, listening to uh, the last episode. Um, it is exactly the uh, same issue that we had talked about that time, um, except they made the you know decision to instead of all putting it as one feature with two things you can do they made it two separate right. features it's, it's two separate features which is this is the same as the optional rule in tasha's i think yep um which is f actually it lasts longer i think the tasha's one only lasts for an hour whereas this is the whole day um but i i, I do like the idea again i like the idea of being able to change um or to use the wild shape resource for other things but then the rest of the class has to um not be tied directly to wild shaping into animals mm -hmm um yeah yeah uh do, do remind me like the find familiar spell um is there any limitation yep. on like what kind of animals you can summon with that so it does it gives you a list of what animals this i'm going off of my knowledge of 5e mm -hmm. this could have changed in this um that yeah, document, um, yeah. and i'm not 100 percent sure um, but it did give you a list of stock animals um and then if your dm was nice they would let you pick um something that was of similar challenge rating yeah. Um, but generally there were like two or three good options in the sense that like you would basically always have an owl um, yeah. if you wanted something that f flies and then there's no reason to go for anything else unless you're doing flavor stuff. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so that, that that is kind of what I was thinking. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't feel as cool as like, I guess, having uh, other combat capabilities. So yeah. yeah, it's lackluster in that way, I think. Yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. but it's better than the last I one. I think that's completely fair. Um, let's see here. You had a note that I thought was interesting. Um, what was it? Improved elemental fury fucking blows. Yeah. Um, potent spell casting for um, improved fury. Uh, I'm going to try and find when that right now. When you cast a primal cantrip with a range of 10 feet or greater, the spell's range increases by 300 feet. So this is... Um, bad yeah but the there's enough humor in casting thorn whip at 300 feet away that i actually think it makes up for it yeah sure um when you're in a dungeon <laughs> crawl can you uh because all, all of these all of these ranged spells i, I have, always I say like it has been. to be like somewhere you can see um yes so yeah can you usually like see 300 feet away from you have, uh in, in, a, in a dungeon crawl in a i have never been in a 300 foot long hallway yeah, or even a, like a 300-foot um, radius or diameter room. Like, it just have, it doesn't happen. So, I will say the outdoors is usually more than 300 feet. Um, but cool. obviously the game, the game is called Dungeons and & Dragons and not uh, Outside & Dragons. Yeah, um, which, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's exactly it. Uh, also, you know, when you're out there, I mean, 300 feet is a decent amount of distance. Visibility is going to be low. I will 100% assume that like if you I, I yeah if, if there's too many trees in the way you're not going to see shit right um yeah. it, it just it there is so little use for this um it's similar to I, so... one of the like warlock uh evocations to be like the spell sniper and stuff it makes 
no sense why anyone would ever yeah. fucking take it. I don't know anyone who's ever take taken on it. This, my take on this is that the only reason that this uh, ability sucks is because the seventh level elemental fury, which this is built like this builds on, um, potent spellcasting is the more powerful ability out of the two options. So it punishes you for picking it at fifteenth because then you get something that's basically useless. Yeah, that 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 is exactly it. Um, that, I do that, think that's that why was I said here, like the which is bad for the potent spellcasting for improved elemental fury fucking blows. Yeah. Like it is yeah. not fun. And if you are planning ahead, you are never going to take potent spellcasting because as cool as it would be, it just yeah you're punishing yourself further down the road. I mean, if you're playing mm. a campaign that's going to cap out before fifteenth level, then you know fucking go for it. But if you're and most campaigns will, but well, uh, but I mean, you get this at seventh level. I mean, most campaigns are going to get yeah. to like you know five or six. Um, I know, absolutely. Yeah, it's just <laughs> why. And then at level twenty, the capstone, um, the word magician shows up again. Wait, they what are we, like? Why? Why is wizards obsessed with making <laughs> druids magicians? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, subclasses. Subclasses. You have more feelings so, about this than I do. Yeah, I just have some some stuff to go over. Um, Circle of the Land is much more appealing than it was in the uh, fifth edition player's handbook. Um, your options have been cut pretty significantly. Um, mm-hmm. There's only four land options, but you get to choose which one you pick at the end of a short rest. Um, sorry, which a long is rest. Just like, yeah, that's what I mean to say. Sorry, a long rest. Um, which is a change that I think everyone was asking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of DMs who were ruling it this way in 5th edition anyway, just to make Land Druid competitive with Moon Druid. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, um, the, like same, it's the same issue that we've always seen with, like, the, the one subclass for um, the, the other nature boy, uh, the ranger. Yeah. Yeah, like, you have that. Yeah, 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 yeah. With, the, with the favorite terrain, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of um, being able to pick your land um, every time that you take a long rest um i don't have any strong feelings about any of the abilities here um but i would like that just feels like a really good change and something that um was definitely well um it was it was asked for and uh i think it's gonna be well received um circle of the moon i think it's hilarious that um like they focus a lot on the moonbeam spell which is like Mm -hmm. i get it like it's it's called Circle of the Moon, so you're gonna do some moon stuff with it, which frankly um, was kind of lacking from the fifth edition player's handbook. You, how many times, Dunk? I don't know if this is a universal thing or if it's just me, um, but every time I had a player who was interested in playing a druid at um, like the low levels, uh, I was talking about um, moon druid versus land druid, and um, land druid sort of makes sense. The name moon druid was awful. Um, and might continue to be because Moon Druid actually doesn't, especially in the fifth edition player's handbook, it doesn't tell you at all what that subclass does. Um, yeah, a lot of people would have assumed that the abilities were the same as like the Stars Druid, for example. Um, which ironically, in this playtest by um, Association, yeah. um, because it's the only subclass that, as far as I'm aware, this might not be true. But uh, from my reading, it's the only subclass that gets named and says it's in this thing. But it just says go reference Tasha's. Yeah, because uh, we're it's it's we haven't changed anything from it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> which is excellent. Yeah, because the, the the stars druid is is very similar to like the the wildfire druid in the way that it's like it's it's versatile and fun. Um, other yeah. than shape shifting into it's, an it's, animal, it's it, it kind of it minutes. reflects their new um, philosophy on uh, druids better 
So I guess they just didn't feel like they had to change it at all. Yeah. Um, from Tasha's, which is, I, I think that's in some ways that's almost encouraging. Um, yeah. Like don't, you, don't fix what ain't about, broke. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I wish they did that to the lore part. Anyway. Um, yeah. Circle of moon has always been circle of the power gamer to me. Yeah. Sir, well, absolutely. Right. It's like, it's, it's, I, I've played a couple of moon druids and it just like feels awful because when you're playing it, like, I actually don't think they're, the fantasy is fantastic. The power fantasy is fantastic. But like, in terms of actually how it feels at the table, I've never had like a wow moment playing a moon druid. Um, mm. But it also is just so, it's so generically powerful that like every time I'm building a druid, I'm like, this should probably just be a moon druid. Mm. <laughs> just because it's like, oh, I, I like if, if you're like, oh, I want to be a druid who transforms uh, only into dinosaurs, which is a character that I have played. Um, you actually, you have to play a moon druid because there's no, um, there's no dinosaurs of the low enough CR that if you pick anything else, you can transform into it. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, like, literally, if you want to be able to transform into animals and do anything in combat, like, you do the Circle of the Moon. Otherwise, go fuck yourself. Um, I like the fact that they have Moonbeam as, like, a permanent thing. Yeah. Oh, it actually is, like, while well, you're in Wild Shape as well. Wow, okay. Yep, yep. It's, it's they really, like... They some some designer at the team was like, if this is gonna be called Moon Druid, if we're keeping that name, we have to lean into it, mm-hmm. which I I think is hilarious. I think it's cute. I don't know how I feel about it as like a subclass, but um, it's cute that that was like the philosophy they took with it. Yeah, no, I I think it's it it shows some intentionality, which I do like appreciate. Even in the design note, they even say like, uh, we aimed at improving its play and its connection to the lunar theme, like. They even admit like which makes sense it wasn't a moon druid it was just a powerful druid it was yeah it was an animal druid that they called moon druid because it's a shapeshifter but i think that the the connection there was too loose for new players to make in their heads um yeah is there anything else in the moon druid that you want to like highlight or not really they have some teleportation abilities um which i guess is kind of neat but like yeah. I, I think i'm just kind of sour on moon druids mm-hmm. um Circle of the Sea is the kind of the the net new yes. um subclass and I I have a little soft spot for this. Yeah, no, this actually did seem kind of interesting. Um I think the flavor niche is fantastic. I've always had like if you wanted to play sort of an aquatic druid, you were stuck with the land druid mm-hmm. um taking like which is very coastal, ironic. I think is what it was called. Um yeah, it is kind of like, that that's kind of what I was getting at, mm-hmm. right? Is that like if you wanted to play an aquatic druid you had to take the land druid. Um, they did, they did keep that irony. I, I do want to say, like, my only yep. note on this was they did keep that irony with uh, Circle of the Sea. Um, yes, I, I am going to be a seafaring uh, aquatic uh, druid. I'm going to be connected to the water, and that's why I get to fly. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking amazing. Yep. Yeah, you get flight. Um, to be fair, you do get uh, swim speed and water breathing at six level as well. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a mixed bag. Um, I do think again, I think the flavor niche here, uh, much like the dancing bard, I think this is something that like just slots into D and D very nicely. Mm-hmm. I will say that the only thing is, um, people have been clamoring for like a plant based druid for a very long time, and that is still missing. Land druid isn't that. Yeah, I mean, there was, like, the, the spores, right? Yeah, spores is great, but, like, that's more... I mean, like, there's there's been some appetite for, like, not a fungus, but, like, a like just, like, regular plant-based druid, and it just mm-hmm. feels like it's a really weird niche that hasn't been filled yet. Um, and it, obviously that still hasn't happened. Um, and they've decided to go with uh, C first, which is completely fine with me. Because mm-hmm. 
because I like this a lot. Yeah, no, I I think this is really fun. Um, it's uh, you know, the I, I think like the, a lot of the cool things that you were talking about, like the swim speed, the the water breathing, um, you know, the uh, I guess like cold and thunder damage uh combination, I I think is always really fun. It's always the, like kind of oceanic aquatic uh vibe that D and D has in their mechanics, uh, or you like yep. the mechanics they use for that. Um, it's a lot of this stuff is is that makes it really cool is the stuff that I uh, found really cool in like the um uh, I I the lurker of the deep warlock which I know is not the it's the UA name for it I don't remember what the uh, fathomless the fathomless tr- uh, warlock I, and it was escaping me as well yeah which is funny because I'm actually playing one right now and I can never remember what the the thing is um but yeah no it's it's those same things that I thought was really cool in that um and that I really loved that warlock subclass i i'm seeing that here and so it's like okay cool this this is a different take on it it seems really interesting do you want to blast through the monk really quick as kind of our final thing yeah let's go for it the general consensus online is that this is a huge misstep for the monk um and people are very worried because again jeremy crawford has said the big sweeping changes are done Everything from here on out is going to be minor tweaks, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people feel like minor tweaks is not what this monk sub, or what this monk class is going to need. I don't know if you want to take us through a couple of these, like just from the start here. Yeah. So first thing is uh, martial arts uh, dies uh, get a glow up, as we mentioned before. It's now basically the same as like the bardic inspiration die uh, to keep up with other classes. Um, is their justification yeah, to keep up with other classes? The monks aren't armed strikes. They need this damage boost. Like holy shit um like i i appreciate that they are being candid um in these little design notes um it's been fun they've all had a little bit of personality they've been fun to read that was like my my jaw was on the floor when i read that like it's it's yes but like what like (laughs) you know uh, most people have complained in 5e that like the monk especially certain subclasses has like the capability to be very broken um the monk here is bad i i don't know like it's it's not like i i love the monk um like if i'm not playing like a charisma um based character um and if i want to be playing like a martial character i'm probably playing a monk yeah i know that you you like you you get drawn towards the monk yeah, it it doesn't it really it really yeah, it, it cheeses me. Um the God, I, I don't even know. I, I mean like I think my biggest issues are in um the the like subclasses, uh, because a lot of yeah. the other stuff has like stayed the same. I mean to be honest, uh like they they've had some uh improvements. Um the fact that like Step of the Wind uh now has like dash and disengage um as like put two actions within a bonus action um and then increasing your jump that's pretty cool um like a lot of these things are pretty good i mean they they even like made deflect missiles like just a little bit more usable um like yeah. less niche uh which i think is a lot of fun they got rid of like so many things uh and you know they even said like why they had to get rid of so many things is because like it was one of the like least liked things in the game is, is what they kept saying um it was it was one of the like they didn't just say it was poorly rated they said like these things were the least um like they were the most poorly rated uh in everything so it's like yeah you're right i mean like the idea of like perfect self and stuff like that like certain things just kind of sucked like uh yeah the the lowest rated monk feature is 
uh, Song of the Sun and Moon. Yeah, no, who who does that? Um, right. It's great that they improve that, but man, there is the still thing, just like so much that is at a very at a very high level. The thing that bugs me about seeing the monk here is that like the monk. It's no it's no secret that the monk should have been one of the first subclasses or one of the first classes in the game that they started to experiment with because mm. it needed some of the most help. Um, and they left it to the end. Um, yeah. Which is just like, it's a wild decision to me. Um, you could argue that Monk and Ranger both needed a lot of help, and Ranger has been tweaked and edited more times than I can count over the course of 5e's lifetime. Um, so the Monk needed a lot of help, and I don't think it got it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I honestly think, think the Monk has always been like the forgotten middle child of yeah. the subclasses. Or sorry, of, of the classes. Like, there's an argument to be made that like the monk just doesn't fit, right? Yeah. Like it, it might be a, literally it might be a better decision to just say you know what we tried with the monk we're taking it out and we're just gonna put the artificer in the player's handbook instead. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. Um, we are definitely we're definitely talking we're decision. definitely talking about that. Um. Uh. Yeah. We yeah we're gonna t- we're gonna have to talk about that. But let's um. Yeah. I I, I think let's just uh fire through uh some of the. Sure subclasses and then we can yep talk about some of well, those, the like... only the only other the one uh more thing i want to say about the class in general is that this new like weapon mastery idea which is kind of like uh, battle master maneuvers but for like all the classes um the monk gets them for weapons um i just don't understand why they didn't even experiment with giving weapon mastery abilities to unarmed strikes for the monk because that just feels like it would have been the most obvious thing yeah 100 percent. Um, and the fact that um whatever they decided oh yeah no like 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 monk weapons don't um increase with your monk die it just doesn't it doesn't make sense when they're trying to like improve things that they would butcher it in that way yeah yeah no it's 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 really quite disappointing um they're almost trying Mm -hmm. to like pigeonhole the monk in a way um and it's it's like why are you trying to do this when do you want to be improving it you're giving more choice to everything else and you're pigeonholing the monk even more um yeah it doesn't make sense um yeah that's that's it i mean what i will say is like i like deflect energy um the fact that like deflect Mm -hmm. missiles now has like whatever it is a 13th level thing so like i mean how often you're gonna almost no one's ever gonna see it yeah yeah (laughs) um heightened metabolism i think is like interesting um the fact that you can only do it like once per long rest is kind of weird um yeah, and then, you know, 7th level evasion used to be, like, a really, really solid ability, and now... The other thing about heightened metabolism that I wanted to say is that, like, it's it's neat that you can take a one-minute short rest, but all of your other companions are still taking hour-long short rest, so what yeah. are you gaining? Yeah, 100%. You're, you're, still sitting, you're still sitting back with the rest of your companions waiting for them to finish. So... Yeah, unless, like, you know, they're doing shit like investigating or whatever, using, like, or role-playing, because the monk is not built for role-playing. Um, yeah. So you're just like sitting there on your phone waiting for that to be over so you can go hit more things. You know, it's it's just a little bit disappointing. Um yeah, it's it's so weird. I mean, uh, yeah, again, evasion used to be one of the coolest 7th level like martial features. Um yeah. Now it feels like it's uh useless because you get better evasion if you play a bard. Um and then you can do some real role playing in your role playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh what what I was supposed to say is like uh, also like the 20th level defy death is is a decent 20th level feature as opposed to just not aging um yeah (laughs) which is yeah yeah hey we're gonna we're gonna give you one role play thing 
in this role-playing game, and we're going to do it at the very that's end. A, that's 20th level. Um, yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. But, uh, yeah, so the monk subclasses, um, to be honest, I mean, like, the uh, the warrior of the shadow, and again, they're, like, moving instead of, like, way of. Uh, they're doing warrior of. Right, and they are scrubbing the orientalist language from the monk subclass well they're, they're getting rid of some almost like i guess like glaringly obvious but like i mean it's still like quite right. riddled in this and they're again pigeonholing the role so it's you know sure they're not using anyway. the language but they're you know yeah. it still is i guess like literary yellow face but um <laughs> yeah yeah shadow arts i think that's it that's just a fundamental problem with the monk subclass yeah but, i mean we we can i mean <laughs> i feel like we're really getting bogged down and yeah 100 percent um the close up the class itself yeah you know? um yeah warrior shadow though uh i think really did like at like some nice facelifts um nothing like really i think speaks out uh, a whole lot um it just like is what it is um yeah the warrior of the elements was the one that i was like really really keen on um because it right. like the first monk i ever played the monk like this was the 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 monk that i played the most i mean like in the, the session zero for this monk uh, it was a uh kensei monk and then i realized kensei monk is just a shitty fighter um so yep. i said okay well why don't we do way of the elements because it makes more sense even for the theme of the character that we had created me in the dm um mm-hmm. but yeah as we know in the player's handbook the way of the elements is actual garbage um, yeah, it's the it might be the worst subclass in the whole it game. is genuine it cripples your character so we use the mm-hmm. um like I guess revised or updated um like homebrew uh one that was like really quite popular um I will include it in the show notes um it was much better um the biggest thing that it did was it gave you some cool passive abilities um in combat as opposed to having to spend a shit mm-hmm. ton of key points for anything um yep. and it just had like better designed combat mechanics um because Really, the the way the elements was just like, oh, you can cast spells for an ungodly amount of key points. Um, yeah, yeah. This one I think has some improvement. Um, you get the elemental ca- el- elementalism cantrip. Holy shit! Um, elementalism. Elementalism. Um, you get the elementalism cantrip, and um, you get elemental strikes. However, again, you have to activate this, which requires a what they're now calling discipline point. Ridiculous. Instead of key points. Just give me something fun to do that doesn't require spending a limited resource. Um, environmental burst is the same because thing. Because in the, in the way of the dragon, whatever that one was called, from the dragon book, um, you, could, you, you didn't get bonus damage, but you could swap the damage that your unarmed strike. Yeah. D- wait, this doesn't give you bonus damage. No, it doesn't give you bonus damage. It just changes it. And then you can force the target to make a strength saving throw and be pushed 10 feet away from you. Yeah, because you're also, um, like, your unarmed strikes get a reach of 10 feet. What are we doing? Yeah, I know. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like, yeah, like, that, that like, homebrew, why, like, why revitalization. Was, why was the monk not in the first playtest book? Um, because, again, it's the, it's the forgotten middle child. It is the Travis McElroy of... <laughs> classes. I, I, I hate to say um, it. I mean, I love it. People forget about it. Do we need? Do we need the monk in fifth edition anymore? Well, see, that's that's. Um, do you remember? I was I was saying that we're gonna have a little conversation, and yeah. I thought you might have disagreed with me very uh, vehemently. Um, yeah, I, I I was 
uh, having lunch the other day with uh, my buddy uh, Benji, who is uh, the the contributor that uh, I talked about before. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, he basically he said to me, "I have a hot take, um, and I'm going to die on this hill, and I don't think you're going to disagree with me at the end of the conversation." Uh, he said, "The uh, the monk and the barbarian are inherently." Um, just too uh, racialized in the thematic uh, makeup of the classes. And they are also just very uh, lacking in ability uh, compared to so many other classes. Um, Mm -hmm. And even the classes that like, hey, we're going to use elements of this to like, you know, make a a, a weird subclass, um, still do it better. Um, So it's not fun. It doesn't make sense. And it's problematic. Get rid of them. Barbarian and monk. Just drop them. Uh, yeah, get at us in the comments. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, should we, should we drop these two? Uh, vote now on your phones. Um, vote now on your phones. Yeah. I would be interested to see what the, per, what the reception is to that. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, but then, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> but definitely, I, I think this really did solidify that idea for me. Looking at this, looking at yeah. this play, like this, this play test, it is, you know, improved in so many ways. And yet we can see that there is not a level of care. And that even when changing the language, they cannot remove the thematic uh, stereotypes that this comes from. Mm-hmm. It just, it doesn't work. Um, you still can't be Avatar Aang when playing Warrior of the Elements, which is the only reason that I can see anyone wanting to play it. Um, and with the way of the open hand, you still can't be Bruce Lee. Uh, with the way of the shadow, you cannot be Naruto. <laughs> like, yeah, these are the characters that people want to emulate. That the, this the, is... the power fantasy isn't isn't. You're not able to to emulate it. No, in so. in fact, like, and, and the thing is, like, the way that things are described makes like it leads you to believe that it can be, and yet it just doesn't. Like, it's 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 honestly like it's because it sounds cool and because they use this language around it and because there is like you know this level of excitement in the writing it really gets you feeling that but it just builds you up to knock you down harder mm-hmm. absolutely and yeah it's it's similar well, with the barbarian <laughs> i don't i don't necessarily want to end on you know a negative <laughs> note but um it definitely feels like I don't want to you know go too far with it but like i i did look at this even though we hadn't talked about it previous to this um i looked at this when it dropped whenever that was you know two weeks ago or whatever um and it just strikes me that um a lot of my excitement for what one D D could have been um seems to have kind of faded mm-hmm. quite a bit yeah um so i don't know what my future with dungeons and dragons as a game looks like if this is going to be the next um sort of addition um i don't know if i'll just stick with 5e or if i'll eventually make the move over or if i'll wait until a more significant um jump happens if that ever does um at this point but um you know it's not impossible that something will will bring you back in um i have heard we're not going to talk about it today but i have heard the rogue in this ua is like absolutely fantastic so we'll see yeah i've been kind of trying to like avoid any influence um so I've really only been looking at content concerning the stuff that we talked about for this episode. Yeah, um, good idea. 
so I am going to be looking at the next one with just like open eyes. Uh, but yeah, why don't we take, I guess, like a little bit of time at the end of this episode. Uh, this is like, yeah, probably going to be a two parter at this point. Um, oh yeah. But let's at least like take some time uh, here and like talk about maybe some of the other like not D and D fantasy content or, or tabletop RPG stuff that we are like, sure. that does make us happy. Um, how, how is your Maiden of the Frost Fangs game going? <laughs> Maiden of the Frost Fangs. Um, it actually, it's on uh, pause at the moment. Um, I just, I'll, to be honest with you, I became a little bit too busy um, with the new job and everything. That's very fair. Um, one, of my, one of my players is uh, deciding to dip their toes into uh, dungeon mastering. Um, so that's nice. Uh, I will, I'm not going to be involved in it. Um, they're going to kind of take their own swing at it, and I'm sure I will be updated. Um, which is cool. It's good to, you know, it's, it's nice to DM for someone for so long and then they decide they want to take the reins, Mm -hmm. um, because literally anyone can DM. Uh, I still believe that. Um, the only thing I wanted to say, um, Dunk is that I read a book recently that I think you would enjoy, um, called the post-mortal. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have not. Um, it's, it is a, uh, it's a fantasy, like sci-fi. It's not fantasy. It's like sci-fi, um, sort of pre and then post apocalyptic mm-hmm. um it's it's about a world in which in 2019 um the cure for death gets invented um and it, it is uh structured as um, a bunch of blog entries from a guy who was living around that time um really really interesting book uh it's separated into like four sections um the first three are unbelievable and the ending made me really angry (laughs) (laughs) so uh i highly i I recommend that to you and to all of our listeners Uh, but one of my takeaways from it is uh, because i love the world and sort of the build-up so much and not so much the ending um i thought it would be a good uh fit that story world for a uh like a post-apocalyptic um tabletop game Mm -hmm. um so i've been looking at different options for it um in that sense uh, and i didn't know if you had any recommendations for me um the the two that kind of struck me as the most interesting were i know there's a fallout rpg mm-hmm. um which seems very well structured and has good reviews um but it's a little bit more fantastical than i would like um the only other one that i was looking at um is ironically let me f- make sure i'm getting the name correctly um it's it's the 2010 um, apocalypse world RPG. Oh yeah, um, which is the the basis for the powered by the apocalypse framework. Yeah, um, I get, that does it might um, lean a little bit more into fantasy than I would be that then suits the post mortal as like a, a game world, um, but it would be interesting um, to try that out. So I didn't know if you had any recommendations for like a more grounded. Um, like post-apocalyptic near sort of like hundred years or less in the future um, tabletop system that I might be able to take a look into. Yeah. It's, it's um, not like a, a huge area uh, from what I've seen, like just in the idea that like, it's hard to have like a, a fun game where people can be doing like really cool things um, in, I guess like such a, like a, a limited space um, mm-hmm. in, in the way that the world is done. But um, I've uh, sort of done like some, I guess, like world building uh, concepts uh, for, I guess, that kind of vibe of a, of a world building setting uh, with the idea of like scum and villainy. Um, mm-hmm. Like scum and villainy does have like, you know, you have your ship and you have your like you go to different planets or whatever, but like you don't actually have to like yeah do any of that. Um, even like the, the, the ship mechanic, like you can have that as like a base of operations, like how it originally was. Um, in 
I guess, Blades in the Dark. That's Forge of the Dark, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's the yeah. original hack of uh, Blades in the Dark that created, like, this idea right. of Forge in the Dark. Um, so maybe Blades in the Dark is the the one I might be looking for then. Yeah, it's just, like, the, the reason why I was recommending Scum and Villainy over it is because um, it does kind of, like, naturally port, uh, I guess, like, the concepts of, like, use magic and stuff into, like, tech. Um, so yeah. you have, like, an engineer instead of... Uh, <laughs> And right. instead of a, a magic boy, yeah. uh, and so that yeah. way is Good is call. maybe um, more what you want. Um, yeah. In, in fact, I was actually thinking about that more recently um, in regards to like because uh, I've been listening to the most recent um, arc for the Adventure Zone, uh, which is yeah. uh, I, I can't remember what it's what it's called, but uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll link it in the in the show what does notes. That tell you? Um, yeah, uh, but uh, Steeplechase. I remember what it's called, but I'm not going to tell um, you. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it is chase. It's been a long day. Um, <laughs> insert Dolly I fell Parton's off Steeplechase after like um, six episodes, so I'm glad to hear that someone's still keeping up with it. Yeah, I, I think like the, the first like little bit um, was a little bit slow. People are getting like more used to like new roles, um, but uh, Justin has really like, I think, become a, a really like good uh, GM. Uh, yeah. so it's been kind of like cool to see that development. Um, I think he might be one of the stronger, um, GMs, uh, in that, in that cast. Um, and yeah, like the way that he like took this, <laughs> he took Blades in the Dark and was like, Hey, I'm going to make this sci-fi in my own way, uh, for like this hard light concept and everything. Um, uh, there, there were times and there still are times, uh, when they're trying to like figure out how to like port different things um where i'm just like why didn't you just choose scum and villainy scum and villainy is exactly what you were looking for and why didn't you just do this um right. yeah but uh i mean that's also part of the fun of like you know figuring out things for yourself but you know sometimes different things are easier like using chat gpt for random encounters um <laughs> something true. that i started looking into more based on your recommendation um yep. yeah i i've been still doing called another deep uh, relatively consistently very cool. Um, and that's been, yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, I rewatched uh, some of the Critical Role uh, Vox Machina stuff. Um, yeah. Like the, the, the show on Amazon um, to uh, get, get some lore. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. been really quite fun. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a really good time. Cool. So I think next time we chat, it'll be um, the last three classes in this UA. Uh, and then uh, maybe some high level uh highlights from spells and feats as well um yes yes so that should be i I think i think it should be a little bit um of a better mood uh because i think the last three classes from what i can tell um seem to be a little bit more um well fleshed out but we will see yes uh yeah and we're aiming to have that within like a few weeks of whenever this comes out absolutely so yeah uh very exciting stuff coming this way hopefully uh things will be uh more um i guess uplifting and hopeful than than this uh because i feel like yeah we've been complaining a lot so <laughs> it's okay sometimes you have to yeah um do you have anything uh exciting you want to plug on the porch with front porch music is still going strong uh so i highly recommend checking that out we've had some good guests recently um other than that i don't think i have anything what about you dunk um well you can uh check out my public stuff um in the in the show notes uh below uh currently uh, I'm not doing the uh, Samaritan Soapbox. We're taking a hiatus for the foreseeable future because uh, my mm-hmm. coworker and I both uh, ended our contracts and moved on to other projects. So um, 
yeah, we will see if we decide to pick that up uh, without SEM uh, or not. Who knows? Uh, or maybe they'll do something really cool with it and exciting, and I'll plug it then. Um, but until then, uh, nothing there. But uh, definitely stay tuned. Got some cool stuff yeah, coming absolutely. up uh, in the near future. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Alrighty. I think um, that's it for us. Yeah. So uh, until next time, we can say bye.